Hello and welcome to Financial Education for Nation. My name's Warren Shute and welcome to tax planning season. And today we're covering inheritance tax. Okay, inheritance tax, estate planning, what does this all mean? So inheritance tax is the tax that your beneficiaries will pay if there is a taxable estate on your death. Now, married couples with a will, assets with the estate will fall in accordance with their will, but typically to each other, and then down to the beneficiaries on second death. Um, the government announced a freeze on the um, nil rate band, and that is the band of estate that is tax-free on death, and that is £325,000. Um, and if there's a residential property there, there's also an additional £175,000 if that property goes down to the um, direct descendants, so children, grandchildren, that kind of thing. So that freeze has been put in place until April 26. So this is like tax increases by stealth, really. Asset values are going up, they're freezing the band, so you're paying more tax, but they're not increasing the rate of tax. So, yeah, it's a shame, but there you go. It's one of those things. <clears throat> um, so when you leave your estate, if you're a married couple and you left all of your estate to your children and you had a property of at least £250,000, sorry, I do my sums in the head, you had a property of up to £350,000 and you... Um, left all your assets down to your children, you wouldn't pay any tax on a, an estate of a million pounds or less because the way that the tax bans work. So £325,000 plus an additional £175,000 gives £500,000 per individual. When the husband or wife pass away, it transfers to the spouse. And then when the spouse passes away, you can then inherit that so that £1 million can go down to the children. Um, when the residential nil rate band and the estate, sorry, when the estate starts increasing above two million, there starts being a bit of a taper on that residential nil rate band, but we'll cover that separately in a separate session. <clears throat> now, if you are particularly wealthy listening to this and you can afford to gift money away during a lifetime, you can gift up to £325,000 every seven years into a discretionary trust. So you can gift, for example, £100,000 a year. If you gift it over a period of time, that seven-year clock is per gift, not from the last gift or the first gift. So it's when that money leaves your, your estate and goes into discretionary trust. Now, the reason this £325,000 limit there is that's the personal allowance or the nil rate band that I was referring to previously. So you can't exceed that. If you exceed that during your lifetime, there is a 20% lifetime inheritance tax charge so if you're particularly wealthy and you can afford to start gifting money away and this is something that we do for a lot of our clients set up a discretionary trust start gifting assets into there they might want to help their children or grandchildren but right now isn't the appropriate time to do it but their assets at such a stage where they want to start moving money out of their estate so that they potentially reduce their estate as they get older because they're not don't want to be liable for inheritance tax you can do that you can transfer money uh, into a discretionary trust and then after seven years, it will be out of your estate. Within the seven years, it will fall back into your estate. 
In addition to the £325,000 transferring money into a discretionary trust, um, you can move £3,000 um, in any one tax year is a, an annual exemption. Now, if I haven't gifted this £3,000 in any one tax year, I can bring forward the previous year's annual exemption. So now it would be £6,000, but I can only do that if I didn't use it in the previous year. So if I gave 3000 last year, this year I can just give 3000 uh, And this is per person, bear in mind. So husband and wife can give £6,000, or if they didn't give last year, they can give £12,000. And there's no clock on that. There's no time limit on that. They can just give this money away um, to whoever they want. In addition to the £3,000, you can also give £250 to other donees, okay, other individuals. So £250, and that could be multiple individuals as well, um, that you can give this £250 away. Now, <clears throat> a lot of people don't quite understand this because um, they think, well, actually, sure, you can just give money away anyway. If you just gifted all your assets away um, and then died, effectively all that money is added back into your estate for inheritance tax and this simply stops people on their deathbed initially dying assigning their whole estate away out of their estate so they avoid inheritance tax there has to be some kind of time measurement um uh for the revenue to say okay well look, you did this intentionally to avoid inheritance tax right at the, at the end so we're just going to um act as if it was never done and that's a seven-year rule so we've got these seven-year rules with larger gifts Okay, that's why there's a seven year rule on this £325,000 I was referring to before. These two gifts I refer to, the £3,000 and the £250, they are not, they're allowable gifts and you can, they're exempt transfers. You can gift those um, every year if you want. Now, if you're a, if you've got good income and low expenditure and you can make regular gifts out of income without affecting your lifestyle, then you can do as much as you want. Okay, as long as it doesn't affect your lifestyle. And a good example of this is we've had a number of clients who've had good pension income. And actually, as you get older, you've got everything you want. You don't want to um, have big, expensive things. You've got all your needs. Your family's the most important thing to you. So you can gift regularly out of income. And when you gift regularly out of income, regularly and habitually, that then is exempt immediately. Okay, now you mustn't rely then on capital to service your lifestyle. This is money you're gifting out of your income. Let's say, for example, you have £100,000 coming in and you've got £50,000 of expenses. You've got £50,000 of surplus income that's just sort of building up in your account. You can gift this money regularly and habitually out <clears throat> and therefore it's immediately outside of your estate. It's understanding the complexities behind this. It's not money that you've saved up and it's in your bank account and now it's capital that falls in the previous example of £3,000 and £250, okay? This is just money coming in. You've got your pension income coming in. We don't need it, and we can just gift it um, out of income. Now, there's a couple of things that we do with clients in that situation, which are fantastic. Is one, you can buy insurance. You can buy a whole-of-life insurance policy that will pay out a lump sum of money into a trust, and that policy then can cover inheritance tax liabilities, Okay, so you think, okay, well, that's a good idea. I've got all this extra income. I've got a tax liability anyway. I can then just regularly buy insurance on a monthly basis or yearly basis. And then that insurance will pay out a lump sum of money, which will be paid into trust, and it will then um, pay the inheritance tax liability when I die. The other thing that um, grandparents often like to do is to fund pensions for their grandchildren. So they can then put the 2,880 into a pension every year. Or they can do it monthly if they prefer. And that's up to you. you can do less 
and then you get the £720 tax refund on that, and that goes into debt, and that's building up a fund, and that's not in your estate, because you've done that out of income, it's completely out of your estate immediately, it's not in your children's estate, it's building up a retirement fund for your grandchildren. So there are a couple of things with regards to inheritance tax that I wanted to make sure you cover. Um, if you get any questions on those, please feel free to give me a shout. Refer over to the blog for more details, a little bit more details in there. It might help you make some decisions. Until next time, take care. Okay. Hello and welcome to Financial Education Information. My name's Warren Shu, and today, tax planning, savings and investments. Move that again. And today, tax planning, savings and investments. Okay, so savings and investments, what can we talk about with regards to tax share and tax planning? Um, Remember, um, we've got married couples and civil partners are going to have sufficient savings income to use their £500 or £1,000 personal savings allowance um, and sufficient dividends to uh, cover their £2,000 dividend allowance. So um, dividend allowance is a lot more used these days because of either private limited companies that you might own as a family business or if you have a share portfolio it produces dividends then that's used. The savings allowance isn't used so much, primarily because interest rates are so poor, interest is so low, but a basic rate taxpayer gets a £1,000 savings allowance, interest allowance, and a high rate taxpayer gets £500. Now, the thing with this is, this kind of makes cash ISAs less attractive, because by far, unless you've got an awful lot of money on deposit, which I wouldn't really want you to have, especially with the uh, inflation as it is, it's unlikely you're going to use your full savings allowance. So, you know, it, it's there, but it's not often used. Um, <clears throat> where it is used is um, encashment of investment bonds. So the encashment of investment bonds, if you're encashing investment bond, that would be something that you would use it for there. Uh, <clears throat> also, you've got the 0% starting ban for savings income, which is £5,000 which is on top of these other allowances. Um, but when your income starts exceeding £17,500, then that's tapered down. So <clears throat> although these allowances are available to you, it's very unlikely many people are going to actually be using them. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, junior ISAs and ISAs, great opportunity for use these. So you've got an ISA allowance of £20,000 and a junior ISA of £9,000. So it's really important that if you've got money that you want to put aside, that you use these allowance before the end of the tax year. And then my recommendation would be if you're in that mindset, then use it at the beginning of the following tax year. So rather than wait until the end and invest, do it at the beginning. So we can't go back in time, so do it now. And then when we tick over the new tax year, do it immediately. And then get in a habit of doing your ISAs at the beginning of the tax year. Um, so grandparents as well, might be an opportunity here for you to sort of like start funding a junior ISA for your grandchildren. Um, make it an investment junior ISA, so they're investing in the global stock markets and try, try and teach them about it, try and educate them about it. So when they get to 18, it reverts to them, it reverts to an ISA in their name. We don't really want them just taking it out when they're 18, we want them to allow them grow it and, and use it over time, perhaps maybe for their first house purchase or something. Going on to your first house purchase, You've got the lifetime ISA. 
the, the Lifetime ISA is one of my favourites. If you're aged between 18 and 40, you can put up to £4,000 into a Lifetime ISA, referred to as a Lisa. And this money going into here will attract a 25% bonus. So you put in £4,000, you get the 25% of £1,000, so £5,000 actually gets invested. That money has to be used for one of two reasons, buying your first home, okay, and there's criteria around that, or retirement from age 60. If they access or you access that money for any other reason, there is a penalty applied. Ineffectively, it's 25%. It's effect 25% of the whole pot, so effectively it's the bonus, but can sometimes work out to be more than the bonus. So that, there's the ISAs, okay, and they're great savings and investment vehicles. The general ISA allows £20,000 or the junior ISA £9,000. Um, if you do a lifetime ISA, you can put in £4,000, but that £4,000 comes off your ISA allowance. You've only got 16 remaining. EISs and venture capital trust. So enterprise investment schemes and venture capital trust. So these aren't things that I talk about often. Um, they're not things I talk about often with my clients. So I'm not a massive fan of them but they are tax planning, savings and investment tools, investment tools um, that I wanted to make sure I covered. <clears throat> so for any EIS and VCT investment that's done, and you wanna relieve it against income or tax in the current tax year, it needs to be done by the 6th of April um, this year. Um, EISs, you can put up to one million pound into a general EIS, um, two million where the amount above the million is in knowledge intensive company. So effectively there's a two million allowance there, but one million that would have to be in a knowledge intensive company. Or, um, or companies, I guess, plural, you can do multiple EISs. Um, the maximum tax relief is 30%, so that's income tax break, 30% on the money going in. Um, unlimited capital gains tax referral. So if you've sold a business um, or you've sold a buy-to-let portfolio or something of such like, and you've made a capital gain, you can roll it over into an EIS and defer that, okay? Remember only up to one million can go into these things. You can defer that gain until you sell the EIS, uh, hopefully at a profit. Um, and you can carry back subscriptions on an EIS as well, so you can do backdated. The reason I don't talk about them, although they've got these wonderful tax breaks and predominantly the 30% income tax relief on money going in and the capital gains tax referral, um, is they're very high risk. These are very small, privately run companies and you're putting money into it on the assumption it's going to do well we have some clients who absolutely love them i don't do them myself um, but they are available to the sophisticated high-risk investor venture capital trusts similar type of concept but these are a collection or a basket of these higher risk companies and some of these may be listed on the aim stock market the alternative investment market you can put up to £200,000 into a VCT, okay? Uh, the income tax break is the 30%. Again, um, there's no capital gains tax referral, um, but the dividends are tax-free and the um, gains are also tax-free as well, okay? So slightly different vehicles. And the venture capital trust is lower risk than the EIS, but let me put it in perspective. If we're looking at a scale here of one to 20 be fair to say maybe one to ten let me keep it simple one to ten you'd probably put the eis at 10 you'd probably put the vct at nine and you'd probably put the world market around about five maybe six okay so you can see the spectrum here that they are 
right very much at the high end. Um, it's really important to realize that liquidity is an issue here. So if you're used to investing in funds and shares on the stock market, there's a market there, it's very, very liquid. When you come to these things, they are not very liquid whatsoever. And often you cannot exit them easily. You have to wait until the end. <clears throat> investment bonds. Investment bonds are a, a vehicle that are not spoken about is enough, I don't believe. They are an insurance contract that offer fantastic dif uh, diversification of tax planning. So um, they you invest the money into an investment bond and all the activity that goes on in the bond, there's no tax liability. So you don't pay any income tax or any tax until you encash the product much later down the line. And they are taxed against income tax and not capital gains tax. So very often when we do a large investment for a client, we'll diversify against wrappers. So we'll use their ISA, but we've only got £20,000 there. We'll do a general account, which is subject to capital gains tax. And then we'll do an investment bond, which is potentially subject to income tax. So we're diversifying against um, asset classes. We've got different asset classes, time and also tax as well. So you can um, put money into an investment bond, allow it to grow over time, and then when you encash it, if it makes a gain, you pay income tax on the gain. It's very simplistic terminology here to get the message across. This isn't instructions on how to do it. It's really more about, okay, this is available to me. Um, and then obviously, but if you're a high rate taxpayer, you're gonna pay income tax at a higher rate than your children. And you might, for example, wanna use this to help them through university. So rather than encashing it yourself, paying the tax and then giving the money, you can actually assign segments or sections, parts of the bond to them where they can encash it themselves and they can then take that money and, and spend it on things they want to do. So an investment bond's fantastic vehicle. I really like them. I like the tax deferral element of them. Um, at the moment, unfortunately, we've got this thing that we've got capital gains tax being taxed at 20% at a higher rate and obviously income tax at 40 or 45%. So there's a discrepancy there. Um, so they, they potentially can be higher taxed, but it's diversification. Things can change over, say, a 20-year investment period, so it's nice to have a bit of everything in the mix. Um, moving on to pensions, just wrapping up um, what I'm talking about. So we've got the carry-forward allowances for unused relief. So the current tax year, which ends in April 2022, is going to be the last year you can use your allowances from 2018 2019. So most of you are going to have a £40,000 um, annual allowance. You're capped to, if it's personal contributions, or 100% of your salary. So you really just need to make sure that we've got this allowances working out so we can maximise how much money can go into the pension each tax year. And ideally, if you're running your own business um, or you have some kind of discretion on how you're paid, utilizing the current year first is a must you have to do that anyway and then going back to the 2018 2019 to use that um, annual allowance up because when we took over on 6th of april that's lost you can no longer go back and do that so it's just about using that be as smart as you can so effectively at least a eighty thousand pounds contribution um, the high earners are then tapered that forty thousand pounds they're affected by this thing called tapering and um, the Chancellor has added £90,000 to the previous allowances. So now we've got the um, uh, threshold and adjusted income at £200,000 and £240,000. So a lot of people have been taken out of the tapering 
um, of the annual allowance, but it is still there for very high earners. So if you are a big high, a very high earner, um, I don't go into a lot of detail because it's the minority of the listeners, but please reach out to a good financial planner um, who can help you. And um, no doubt also that you know, if you are in this, so you've got surplus money, you want to be maximised in things, you've maximised your pension, you've maximised your rice, you've got investments to that, you've still got more money around and you want to start gifting things away. I've mentioned before, really consider about pensioning up to £2,880 for um, children, you know, newborn baby, your spouse, if she's not working or he's not working, um, or um, other family members, 2,880 doesn't, you don't need any evidence of earnings or anything for that, um, as long as they're UK based, UK resident, the contributions there, you're then building up pension pots, these people around you, um, so that they can have access to funds in later life. Um, you know, pension contributions are a fantastic way of you um, deferring the tax you pay on your income. So it's not a tax mitigation. We're putting the money in, we're getting our tax back on this money. So it grows into there. It grows tax free. And then at a later date, when we retire, we're going to access this money and we'll then pay income tax on it then. Currently, we pay income tax on 75% of the money. 25% of that money is payable tax free. And we're going to pay it on the rates that we are in retirement. Now, for most people, this generalization, but for most people, our income tax rates are going to be higher during our working life than they are in our retirement years. And that's because we're able to um, earn more money, got more time and we trade our time for money. So we put the money into the pension. We're getting our tax breaks now. So we're getting a tax back on it. And then we might get tax breaks at 45 or 40%. And then when we receive the money in retirement, hopefully, well, I say hopefully, most likely we'll be paying income tax at 20%. At lower rate there um, so that kind of wraps up the pension side of things there as well um, and just as good measure make sure you go and get your um, state pension forecast which is very easily done online or if you're more of a paper person you can download a BR19 form complete it and send it off um, and then you have an idea of what national insurance contributions are remaining and that you need to um, do and complete to ensure that you stay on track and to get your full state pension which mustn't be sniffed at you know it's, it's a decent level of income and if you don't need it in retirement then you can just use it for a whole of life policy or use it to make pension contributions uh, for potentially somebody else grandchildren or, or other members of the family hope that's a bit of help quick whistle top store on savings investments and pensions um, thank you for watching thanks for listening if you have any questions please reach out and get in touch my name is Ron Chu and this has been financial education for the nation if you haven't yet subscribed to my channel, please do so. There's a great number of back issues to go through. And remember, what makes us different on your financial journey is the support with access to downloads and templates on warrenshoot.com, the YouTube videos and podcasts, as well as access to me, a multi-award winning certified financial planner and certified international coach. So please do engage and let's get your finances sorted together.